You've probably heard this before, that your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. But what does this actually mean? And do people talk about you when you're not in the room? No? Well, there's your first problem. Cultivating a strong personal or corporate brand leaves a lot of people scratching their heads. It needs clear intention and some consistent practices. But where do you start? Like any complex journey, starting with a map and a guide is a great idea. And this week, my guest is Danait Barhe, and she's going to walk us through her business and how she helps her clients start to dominate the branding landscape. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. So if you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes, and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. So welcome along and let's meet tonight. So this week, my guest is Danite Barry. Danite, there's so much I could talk about with you and I'm really glad that you're here because you're, we're going to be talking about lots of things I'm really, really into. But why don't you start just by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. I'm really excited to be here as well. I am Danite Burhey, and I am a brand strategist working out of Buffalo, New York. And I work with brands, entrepreneurs, visionaries to help them build a brand from a place of vision and values so that they can serve fully and they can profit fully as well. So one of the reasons I'm really keen to speak to you, and anybody listening will kind of relate to this when I explain it, I come across businesses every single day and I take business A and business B and you think, what's the difference? I have no idea. You're not telling me. If I ask you, are you the same as that guy? You'll go, no, 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 no. I'm completely different from them. If I ask that guy, no, no, we're completely different from them. How do I know this? And this is really where the brand strategy comes in. And lots of people know this in their head, but they never see it in the world. So many businesses say, yeah, we've got a brand. What they have is a logo, maybe a color scheme, but what they don't have is a brand. So sort of extrapolating that out, how do you work with clients to take them from nondescript, samey, samey, samey through to, oh my God, I really get what you do and I love it. Yeah, that's such a great question. And you are right on the nose when you say that a lot of people say they have a brand, but it really means that they have a logo, a color palette, some fonts that they've picked out. And for me, that's really the last part of the process. And I think about it from the place of these um, C's, as I call it, and really how I take my clients through that process to get them to a place where they are different, where they know what makes them different, where their brand can, no one needs to ask them if they're different. People just know that they are because of the brand that they're building. And the six C's that I take them through are the core, which is the vision, the mission. Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? What's the big idea here? And we always have to start there. Uh, Then we move into clients, really understanding our clients on that really deep level where we know them Emotionally, mentally, we understand what they're thinking, what their problems are, what their what their current situation is, and how we can solve those challenges that they're facing. Then we move into contrast, which is figuring out their differentiation strategy, kind of taking a look at the marketplace and seeing what's out there and um, what's available. And then from there, being able to 
figure out, okay, where do you fit? And where is your, it's kind of like the, if you've ever read the book, The Blue Ocean Strategy, really figuring out where that is for you. And then we move into communication, understanding how we communicate, what is our messaging, what is the stories we need to be sharing, how do we need to really start to put together this messaging strategy that brings together the vision that they have, the clients they want to serve, and what makes them different. And then we move into conversion, which is figuring out now how does that tangibly get implemented into the business, um, because that's where people really struggle. They're like, okay, I get the big picture, I get the messaging, I get the clients. How do I now turn that into marketing that actually gets me results. And then last is creative, which is then when you start to actually turn all of those pieces into colors, fonts, and logos. And when we come at it from that place, it's really, that's really where we're able to create that really cohesive brand strategy and brand. I love that. And anybody listening to this thinking, wow, that's quite a journey. How'd she keep that all in her head? There is an amazing framework diagram on your website, which really the fact that it's even there is pretty generous because people like me look at that and go that's a really useful framework <laughs> and it's it's well worth having a, a look at tonight's website because it it really embodies everything that you're talking about when you visit your website it's a really good example of a well-branded well-positioned website where you know how this business is different Thank you so for that. when somebody comes to you what's led to that and i guess what i mean by that is they, they must have reached a point where they know they can't just hire another designer. They're, they don't need a marketing agency. They need somebody to specifically help them with messaging. It really is at the heart of all of this is what are you showing up and saying and how are you saying it in terms of how you conduct yourself in terms of the visuals. But it, it really is the signals that you're sending out into the world. What's happened when somebody's decided, you know what, I need to do this now? Yeah, so usually people are in that space when they've, tried to piecemeal and cobble together a strategy by going to, you know, this course or this thing or this article and this framework. And they're trying to take all of those things and make them fit into what's in their head. And that usually doesn't work because you have to, it's actually the opposite. You have to start with, I always tell people to figure out what it is that you want and then go and find the resources for the thing that you want. And that's not how we operate usually as small businesses, as entrepreneurs, we're usually just compiling a bunch of knowledge and information and then trying to make that make sense and fit into our brand in some way when instead it should be the other way around, right? So usually that's when people are reaching out to me is when they've tried all the things they're tired of constantly having to rebrand and by rebrand I mean they're just changing fonts and colors and logos they are really feeling that frustration of not connecting with the right types of people and they're like why is this continuously happening why is it that the people who come to work with me I am always not having a good they're not having a good experience I'm not having a good experience um what's happening here and so they're really looking to work backwards now and start from the place of their vision and what they want to do and then find strategies and find tools and find um, resources that will actually fit into that vision. See, that's really interesting because their vision is really what's at the heart of this. And you, you take two people who do exactly the same thing. Let's pick a random example of a chiropractor. They're doing exactly the same thing, but their brands could be potentially completely different because of the vision. So 
I guess if you had two chiropractors come to you, how might their journeys differ? I know it's a bit of a weird question, but do you understand where I'm going? Yeah, I think their journeys might differ in terms of, yeah, exactly what you said, the vision and what they're trying to build. So to kind of keep using that example and expanding on it a little bit, one person might want to build a very, very small practice where they're not looking to make it into this big, you know, multi-location place. They just want to keep their one location. They want to serve their clients really, really well. And they want to have a small team of really great people who help them to deliver that service in a way that fits their lifestyle. They're really trying to build a business that allows them to have time and time freedom and take vacations often and with their family. And so that vision is very different from, let's say, the other person wants to go and have multiple locations, a large staff, and they want to, over time, really remove from themselves from actually doing the work of being the chiropractor and have a team of people who are doing that for them. And they just want to drive the vision and the big goals for the company. And those two visions are very different. They will mean that you will build your brand very differently. The messaging will be different uh, because one is going to lean more on the fact that they have this large network of highly specialized chiropractors that work with them, right? And so that for clients, people who are looking for that type of support are going to want to work with that particular chiropractor. Whereas the other person on the other end, their messaging might be very geared towards, hey, we are a small practice. We're going to Uh, It's going to be me personally taking care of you. And if you want that level of personalized service and connection with, you know, the person who owns the business, you're going to want to go to a chiropractor that in a practice that works in that way. And then the strategies for marketing, for communicating that, for building the visuals will be very different because you're coming at it from a very unique and different place and as well as the business model. So maybe the larger chiropractor will want to partner with hospitals and things of that nature, whereas the other person might partner with, you know, local local studios and, and fitness places that they can work in tandem with to serve those customers and those clients. And so, as you can see, starting from that vision is so key because then we have a, two very different tracks that we're walking. And so, and it helps you to make better decisions as a business owner when you know that vision as well. So I really, really get that. And that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of your practice, how often are you working with like a corporate brand strategy as a, over a, the other end of the spectrum, I guess, as a personal brand strategy? So it tends to be kind of in the middle. Around 60% of my clients are small businesses and, you know, people who are just getting started or are just starting to build a team and uh, around 40% are larger companies that have a team that have large, larger infrastructures and such. And so that's kind of the breakdown if that was, if that was what you're asking. It kind of is. I think a lot of personal brand businesses, they often do have a bit of infrastructure behind them. I guess what my question was maybe leading towards was the whole we versus me question when when you're talking about an organization's voice or a business's voice that mm-hmm. especially in the, the sort of the expert business space and a lot of expert businesses they have an expert but they have a team of people supporting them but yeah. culturally we're quite well attuned to the corporate we rather than the the central i 
So how often does that come up for you? Yeah, so that's a great question. For a lot of the um, expert businesses, that tends to come up a lot. That's a big question that they have is, hey, how do I keep the brand, you know, personal? How do I make it so that it is my personal brand? It's my um, voice and I am the face of the company, but I also have this team. How do I convey that messaging? How do I convey that there's a we while also keeping that identity of having that personal brand? And that comes up, uh, that comes up quite a bit because it is an interesting dynamic because a lot of times expert businesses have built up that trust with their, with their clients, their customers, their community from that personal one-to-one relationship. And as they grow and as they expand, it becomes very, very interesting on how you can meld the two together. And I always like to remind people that even with a personal brand, your brand isn't you, the person. And I think that really helps people open up their eyes to seeing their, their personal brand, even as, as a, as a business and as a, as a separate entity from themselves, because I think that question comes up because they are so intertwined and they feel that, you know, my brand is me and I am the brand. And I always uh, like to remind them that that's not the case at all, that uh, the brand has, you are sharing certain elements of yourself with your clients and customers in regards to what it is that you do and in regards to what it is that you, you help them with, but you are not the brand. And that helps people to really make that decision. Either decision is not wrong. You can still use the eye and continue to drive the business that way, even though you have a team, or you can move into that we and start using that type of language. Um, And it helps people to kind of make that decision in terms of which direction they want to take that in. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I need to spend a little bit of time thinking about that, because there's a lot in there to unpack. And something I'm curious to ask you is, I speak to a lot of business owners every day. And something that I hear quite often is people don't seem to get me or people maybe have a fixed idea of the box that I'm supposed to be in. People evolve, people change over time, people's vision changes over time. But people within your sphere of influence, so to speak, are quite accustomed to you being the guy who does that thing. But you want to change, you want to move towards your vision. So if people are feeling that like their brand is stuck, what are some simple things? Because sadly, everyone in the world cannot hire Danite Bernhay. Wonderful if they could. And lots of people probably will, but most can't. So in terms of self-help, what should people be looking at in terms of if you want to make more sense to your audience, if you want your vision to really come full circle through the clients that you're speaking to, the communications that you're putting out, the conversion strategy. I guess the question I'm looking for is what are some simple tweaks anybody could make? Mm. I love that. So I have two recommendations for two different groups of people. So I'll start with the people who feel like their brand is stuck and they are trying to move in a different direction or they're trying to make a pivot and they feel like, well, everybody already knows me for this and I'm not really sure how to start transitioning into this new space or even just making a small pivot in terms of the offerings or the things that they're they're putting out there. For that, I always say people in our heads, we see things in these like very, we see things in extremes all of the time. And so most of the time I'll say, and 
what I always tell people who are in that space of wanting to pivot and change is what are the similarities? Where are things not changing? Where is the message not changing? Having offers shift, having, you know, the things that you do or the things you provide or the information that you're going to be putting out in terms of your content, those things will of course shift and people anticipate that. But what parts of your brand are staying the same? And you find that there's a lot of points of similarity and you also wanna do that with your customers too, thinking about your ideal clients and saying, where are the points of connection between the people I used to serve and the people I want to serve? Where are those similarities? And that's how you start to shift and transition. It doesn't need to be this huge, because um, a lot of people are nervous about that. And I get that question a lot where they're like, I don't want to make it a big deal and do like this huge announcement. I just kind of want to slowly transition into this new space. And I always tell them, start with looking at your clients and seeing what was true before and what's still true now of the people you want to work with. What are the what are the characteristics, the the personalities, the the challenges that are similar and start there and slowly and then while you're talking about those those things you're going to start implementing some of the new messaging some of the new things that you want to be telling them some of the new um, stories that you want to be putting out there that aligns more with the new direction and what happens when you do that is it's an organic shift and once you start to put out new offers it becomes this thing where people are like oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You've been talking a lot about that over the last few months and that makes so much sense as to, um, that makes so much sense as to this new service that you're putting out. So that's what I would say for those people. And then for everyone, really, when you're thinking about your brand and how you can make some small tweaks, I always say start with story because that's the easiest, most simplest way without getting caught up in, you know, the data, the analytics and diving deep into, you know, all sorts of research is to start with stories. And I say, start with what is the core message that you want people to walk away with from your brand? Is it that you want people to have more time freedom? Is it that you want people to um, be more adept at their marketing? What is the, the, the core message that you want to get out there and then list out a bunch of stories that you can share or client, they can be client stories. They can be your stories that reinforce that core message that share that idea, that concept that you're trying to, to pass on to them. And I think when you start there, it becomes very easy to start to see how your message can translate into actual content and all these other avenues. And then you start to see, Oh, I could do, a graphic that shows this framework. I can I can turn this into uh, an offer, and that's where that happens. So I always like to tell people to start with story because I think we have we already have so many of those stories. We already have so many of those ideas. And if you can start with what is your core message, write that down, and then list out stories that you can share that reinforce that core message, and start putting those out there. See, that's really really good advice, and I think the re- there are lots of reasons it's good advice. But a lot of businesses actually don't tell any stories at all. So the day you start showing up telling stories is the people's the day people start sitting around listening, really. It's a clear opportunity to change what's in the unconscious of, of the audience. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Stories are really going to be our fundamental way of communicating any idea. So yeah, that's really, really useful. So another question, I guess, that comes out of that is... A lot of what you were discussing was you need to be communicating, whether it's stories, asking questions. You need to be expressing yourself in some place in order for people to listen and to 
to read these new signals that you're sending out. So we're kind of limited in the name, number of ways we can do it. There's a whole spectrum of places you can do it through from writing a book, through public speaking, through social media, blogging, video content. But one of the challenges I often have is, especially when it's an organization that isn't accustomed to content of any kind, is that they hyper-focus on every single piece of content, wanting the recipient of that content to take a full 360-degree comprehension of their organization in its completeness Mm -hmm. from that one piece of content, which is wholly unrealistic, but completely understandable. I'm often encouraging people to think about content and content marketing as the individual stitches in a tapestry that create an impression over time. And they usually get that, but they still want every single piece of content to be everything for everyone. What I love about your framework is that it gives you the map and the compass to create content Content that's not just going to do the sort of cliched educate, inspire and entertain, because that's frankly quite easy. It's how's it going to meet, serve your purpose and your vision. So I love that. I'm trying to work out what my question actually is. It's how do you encourage people to move from probably marginal to none in terms of content creation to effective minimum viable dose or 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 are the people who come to you already in the sort of medium content creator space no so some people um because they're struggling with their message and they're not really sure what they're trying to say a lot of times most people aren't even sharing they're just sporadically putting things out there because you're overthinking it right you're sitting there and you're like okay well this like you said exactly it's will this encompass everything about my brand will this one piece of content be the thing that tells everyone what i do who i serve our vision all of these things in one place and what i've come to see from people who are really really good at content creation and are really good at consistently showing up is to um think about it from this perspective of, I I like to watch thought leaders because I think that they do a great job of that tapestry that you talked about weaving in uh, different elements of what it is that they are trying to show us about a particular topic in uh, in very unique and bite-sized, bite-sized ways. And I think that that's the key is that it needs to be, uh, it needs to be bite-sized. It needs to be uh, these little glimpses into your brand that people can really start to start to uh, piece together through all of the things that you're putting out. And usually I tell people that if you are building any sort of business where you are an expert and you are wanting to convey some sort of um, information, provide a service, uh, is to think about content from these three things. You should always be helping your clients to shift their, especially if you want to be a thought leader, um, their identity, their thoughts, and their actions. And when you can think about content from that perspective of that's the end goal, is I want someone to think differently about marketing. So I'm going to write one piece of content that helps them think differently about their marketing. I want someone to take the action of reaching out to me. So I'm going to write this piece of content with that end goal in mind. Or I want someone to think differently about what for me, it's I want people to see themselves as a very a successful entrepreneur, someone who's building a brand, not just uh, a business with transactions, right? And so uh, if that's the end goal of that piece of content, 
that's what I'm going to write about from that perspective. And that helps you pare down so much of what you're trying to write. And it makes it so much easier to just go out there and put one piece out with those. I find that those three things are what we're essentially um, helping people do as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as people providing a valuable service to other people. When you can think about it from that perspective, it helps you to not feel so overwhelmed and not feel like your content, each content piece has to do everything. It just needs to do one thing. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, when you put it like that, that's really all you need to do. I mean, it sounds it's all you need to do. It's quite a lot, but it's a simple task. Every, every single piece of content has a simple task to do. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. So... I guess what I'd like to understand a little bit is what your own practice looks like when somebody comes knocking on tonight's door and says, I need some help. How, what does an engagement look like from you? And I'm, th- I'm guessing it's quite structured or organized because your framework is structured and organized. Your website's amazing. So what does a customer engagement look like from you in terms of a process? Thank you so much for, um, for saying that. I really appreciate that. And when someone comes to work with me, I really try to understand where they're at and what they're really struggling with. And usually most of my clients work with me in the capacity of their brand strategy and then helping them kind of translate that into their brand touch points, which is what people traditionally think of when they think of branding as all the touch points and um, the visual elements that we see within a brand. But um, that is a full day. So the brand strategy is a full day immersive day that we spend together. And it's really just a place for the person I'm working with to, to live in that space of vision to, I kind of just create a container for them to be the visionary of their business for the day. And I want to hear all of the things, all of, because I'm a strong and firm believer in the fact that you started a business because you are passionate about doing what it is that you do, your passion about serving people. And it's all inside. It just gets all jumbled up when you're trying to do all the things and learn everything and, uh, and, and, and try to build this business while also trying to stay the visionary. And that doesn't always work really well in the day to day, right? So they get to just be in that visionary space. They get to share and we go through the, through the, out the day we go through those, um, six pillars and talk about each one. I have a lot of questions that I ask and it's kind of like this conversation that we're having and a lot of people feel like, oh, I didn't realize that we were working through this uh, very (laughs) strategic process. They know that that's what we're going to do because I tell them that um, and they know that from my website. But when we're in it, they just feel like they're having this conversation with me for the entire day. And then I turn around and turn that into a pretty comprehensive brand strategy Uh, compass and that is usually 50 plus pages in total and it's essentially supposed to be yeah it's uh it's pretty it's it's pretty intense but uh it's supposed to be that document that you pull off the shelf constantly to say this is our north star this is where we're going this is the core of our messaging these are the stories we want to be sharing these are these are the people that we're serving it is a living document so i always tell people as your vision evolves as you change as you grow you want to continue updating this document but it becomes kind of the blueprint for how they're going to build their business and uh, and then we can take that and then turn it into uh, the full experience of the brand Um, and so that's typically what it looks like when uh, when I work with clients in that capacity. So I'm going to ask you an awkward question, and it's: <laughs> Have you ever had anyone come in that's just 
super arrogant and doesn't want to go down your process. They're just, they're just an asshole. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you deal with that? So I have, over the years, have built up a process that allows me to really weed out those people before we get into that process. And I'm very upfront and clear when I am meeting with people that I am a strategic partner. I'm not someone who's just going to say like, yes, to all of your ideas or, um, or just kind of be taking down notes. And that's all I'm doing. I'm going to um, push you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask you hard questions. And because sometimes there's things that, that I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense for your brand. Why you need to explain to me why you think that it makes sense. And so I am pretty clear about that with clients up front so that they know that it's not just a relationship where they're going to be creating these to-do lists and uh, and sending them off to get them checked off a list. I am really coming in as a, as a partner and uh, a strategist to help them. And so I've gotten pretty good about um, not getting those types of um, clients anymore. But when I do have that kind of pushback, we have that conversation in the moment where I say, hey, I'm here to make sure that you have a very strategic path forward. And I want to be able to help you and to serve you in this capacity, but I need you to kind of work with me in this process. And a lot of times, because my process is so laid out, people who are just looking for a quick fix, looking for just, you know, that someone is just going to like, you know, solve all the things or just go do it for them. And then they're going to, they're going to show up and be like, great, thanks and move on. Uh, they tend to not. <laughs> They tend not to come work with me, so uh, I think that's how, <laughs> that's how I deal, how I have how I've dealt with that so far. That makes sense. So, what does your favorite customer look like? What's what's an ideal Dunite Barrier customer look like? I really um, love working with people who know that they have a strong vision. They know deep down that that they are wanting to build something bigger than themselves. That they want to build. Uh, not just a business, but a brand that allows them to have impact in the true sense of the word and not the uh, the way that we're always just throwing that one around, but really want to make a difference in the lives of people that they're working with. And there's someone who's been in, in business for a little bit so that they know, you know, hey, I know what kinds of things uh I know what kinds of things I want to offer. I know the types of clients I want to work with. I just can't seem to make sense of it all. And usually those clients are the best clients because they're so open to having these types of conversations. They're really hungry for that deeper conversation around their messaging and their positioning. And they they are wanting someone to just kind of come and hold their hand and walk them through that process because they want to have those things so that they can be more intentional. They can be more um, strategic as they move forward. So when I look around your, your ecosystem, so to speak, what I take from it is somebody who has a vision of their own, that you kind of know where you want to go, that I'm going to risk the word. You, you probably treat yourself like your own client. You, you work hard. I'm, 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 I'm steering away from the word high achiever, but <laughs> I think you're probably a bit of a high achiever. But I'm really curious to know which part of your business do you look at and go, you know what, I feel I'm struggling with that. I, I don't enjoy that. Mm, that's a great question. Uh, for me, I always struggle with back-end operations because I am such a visionary and I am always wanting, I always have ideas. I always have 
I'm like, oh, this would be great if we could do this and we could do that. And I'm always, I live in that space. And so the tap, like getting into the nitty gritty details of, you know, building things out in project management systems and things like that, the operations uh, end of it has always been uh, uh, tough for me because <laughs> that's not really where, um, even though in my past life, I was a scientist and that's a lot of what you do is all technical type of things um, like that. But <laughs> I always find that that's where I have the most uphill battle. Now, hang on a minute. From scientist to brand strategist, how did I miss that? <laughs> so you're going to have to take a moment. Yes. Okay. So I actually, uh, my education is in biochemistry and I was um, doing research in that, um, in that space and really was thinking of continuing my education and going into, into uh, medical school and thought that that was going to be the way that I would, I always wanted to own my own business. And I, uh, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I thought it was going to be from the place of owning my own, my own practice or something like that. I didn't think it would be from this space of having, uh, this creative business. And so, um, I, was going to continue on that path. And I realized I didn't want to do that. I was working in a hospital, I was doing research, and I was talking and interviewing a bunch of doctors and asking them what they like about their job. Do they feel that they're really making a difference in people's lives? And a lot of the answers I got were not encouraging at all. <laughs> and a lot of them were like, nope, it's just a bunch of paperwork. And I, I didn't feel inspired uh, to continue down that path. And I've always had this very creative, business-minded, side to my brain. And so I took a lot of marketing and economics courses when I was in college, just because I was like, well, this will help me when I have my own practice, I'll learn all of these business things. And I was always very creatively inclined. So uh, even as a young girl, I was always creating, you know, brochures for people. And it was just a hobby that I thought was this was a fun, creative outlet. And when I came to that crossroads where I was like, okay, well, I don't want to continue doing research, like being a research scientist, and I don't want to go to med school. I had been doing some of these, you know, marketing projects and websites and things for friends and, uh, and people that I knew with it who were starting businesses within my network. And someone was like, you know, you could get paid to build people's websites and to help them with their marketing and their brand. And I was like, that's a real job. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it started this journey of going down that route and I immersed myself in understanding uh, branding, branding strategy and uh, communication strategy and really having the opportunity to work with so many businesses on the creative side really helps me to uh, become really adept at brand strategy, which requires a very creative and strategic uh, mindset. And you need to have that analytical side to be able to do a ton of research and see all of and collect data and then extrapolate what that data means. So my research scientist brain is really what helps me to be a really great brand strategist is because I can bring those two things together of seeing the creative, but also being able to use my research skills to be able to pull out all of the things that re brand strategy requires uh, for you to pull out. I love that story. And I think what I loved most about it was you could hear the light of somebody who's found their vocation which is actually a very rare thing to hear. So yeah, thank you for that. And I think I love the way that you do what you do. It, it's quite unique. I really enjoyed browsing your website. It was a nice surprise. But, thank yeah. you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I know it always surprises people when they hear that I was 
a sec, they're like, wait, what, how does that, how does that work? But it, and usually people think that there's no connection between the two, but it's so interesting that that's actually one of the things that makes me uh, good at my job is, is having that research scientist background. Well, yeah, it really will because the people who are most naturally drawn to the creative sector are the people who are often least analytic. And I think that's why your website, which I, I never talk about people's websites on a podcast, trust me, <laughs> but yours really stood out because it expressed what you do so clearly. Thank you. So tonight we're coming up towards the end of our time together because I know you have stuff to do today. And with the time zones, I'm going to bed, you're going to work. That's fine. So I guess if people want to connect with you, if they want to go further with you, how would you like them to do that? Yeah, um, you can come to my website, theesmaraagency.com, where you can learn a little bit about my framework um, and see what Bob has been talking about. Uh, and also I am uh, heavily on Instagram and that is my name, Danaite, D-A-N-A-I-T-B-G. And I love connecting with people over there, whether you want to DM me and ask questions or just say hello. Um, I really love and appreciate that. I will put links to both of those in the show note and on the website. You can find them there. Tonight, I should ask you my drumroll signature question. What's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? I love that question. For me, it is hands down, without a doubt, at my morning routine and not in the fluffy sense of the word where, you know, I'm like taking a spa day every morning, but I have found <laughs> that I used to just jump up out of bed and like get to work um, or get to school or go to this. And I have found that having time in the morning where I don't look at my phone, I'm not checking anything. And I am sitting with myself, journaling, thinking through what I want my day to look like and just giving myself that time, whether it's if I have time to have an hour or if it's just five minutes, I have found is one of the most powerful things for my productivity, my ability to just show up as my best self and and just be a better human every day. I found that that's been so powerful and I wish, I wish I had known about that and started doing something like that earlier on in my life. That is a great answer. Tonight, Barhe, you have been an awesome guest. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. It's been lovely to meet you. Hopefully I manage one day in person soon once the apocalypse is over. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. Leaving your brand to chance will lead to you being overlooked. Strong brand or brands cultivated to align with the needs of their ideal customer attract more opportunity. So big or small, get intentional about being in control about what other people think about your business. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't joined my Facebook community, you'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Follow me wherever you hang out. You'll find me at Bob Gentle. Just search that. And if you do, message me. Let me know so I can follow you back. If you enjoyed this show, then I would love for you to review it on Apple Podcasts. A five-star review means so much to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Tonight for giving us her time this week and to you for listening. And see you next time. Mm-hmm.